the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Oh, baby, baby, baby. We are here on Oral Sessions, a brand new episode. Hell of a week we've had. You know, you kick off the week. We've got Tommy End on the show. Get him to kind of spill the beans on what his whole situation was with his departure from WWE. And now, joined by a man who is a WWE Hall of Famer. He has done it all and also recently just jumped ship. One of the newest signees to all elite wrestling. Mr. Mark Henry, the world's strongest man, is on the show today. Uh, I absolutely adore Mark. He's one of my favorite people. I love just being able to like shoot the shit with Mark and him and I could do an entire podcast just talking about like food and him telling me about his family and us just like kind of shooting the shit. Uh, But today we get into all things that that he wants to do uh, in terms of making the jump over to AEW, um, reasons why he wanted to leave WWE to, to move on over to AEW and things that he still wants to do with his career. I mean, this guy's got so much still left in the tank and just seeing what he's going to do is dude brings so much to the table. Talks about all the different things he wants to do from a community standpoint to being a mentor, to being a talent scout. And of course, jumping on that commentary table, Mark Henry is the shit. As we like to say, I love this dude. Um, and just hearing his insight about, uh, you know, just what he thinks of the world of wrestling in, in general right now and things that he wants to see happen in AEW and uh, some of the some of the talent that he's got eyes on what he's looking for in wrestling in general. Uh, he's he's going to be an absolute asset to AEW. He brings so much to the table just from, uh, you know, a psychology standpoint to I mean, he talks about how this dude has connections all over the place. And and he's brought in some really, really incredible, notable names into the world of wrestling. So I'm excited to see him continue to do that and see who some of these new future stars are. Anyways, here we go. Let's do it. Here he is, Mark Henry. Oh my God, it is so good to see you. It's better to see you. It's been a long time. I remember spending a lot of days sitting talking food <laughs> with you, and now I had to find a, like a pseudo replacement. Who's my replacement? My daughter is interested in cooking now, so really, yep. So she'll be like, "Dad, how do you make this?" And we'll sit there and we'll go over it. And I was like, "Are you going to write it down so you remember it for next time?" No, let's just go and make it. And I'm like, no, no, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> I want you to write down the procedure, the process first, and. <laughs> Then we'll go in the kitchen and we'll start doing stuff. So we made bread pudding. We made shepherd pie. We made chicken pot pies. We, we, we've been getting it. You must be in your glory with that. But you know that that means now if you've made shepherd's pie, that you have to make the shepherd's pie pierogies that are in my cookbook. Just saying. Is the dough, your dough recipe in there too? Of course. You think I'm some kind of hack? <laughs> uh, Joanna will want to do hacks. She'll go, can we do like these uh, cooking hacks? We made a um, we made one pot pie using um, crumbled up crackers and something hacked to make a dough. Was it okay? It was I. Right. You want a real dough? 
We need to make some real dough, Joe. <laughs> I mean, I, there are certain days that I'm like, I'll buy like the pie dough crust. But in the book, I make all of the doughs, all of the crusts, all of the pasta. You can't write a cookbook and not put that in there. But if people don't want to do that, I get it. It, it doughs can be a little overwhelming. I'm not making pasta. I tried to make gnocchi one day and it was a disaster. <laughs> I've never made gnocchi, but I do. I have a squid ink pasta recipe in my book and that I put in the pasta recipe for that. And it's honestly not nearly as bad as you would think. It's just it just makes a mess. Hence the name of the book, Messy in the Kitchen. There's just flour everywhere, especially when I'm dragging around this nine month pregnant body. There, Everything just ends up on my shirt. It's a disaster. <laughs> On top of your stomach. Oh, my God. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Um, okay. We have so much to talk about here. Oh, my God. Let's go. You have signed to All Elite Wrestling. How did this all come together? Congratulations. Well, thank you. I've been, I talked to Vince uh, probably about six months ago. And I said, man, I really, really want to do more. Uh, a legends deal is is not enough, you know. Like um, for the usage of my name, I, I was doing a loan out agreement for them to use and license my name, and it was coming up. And uh, I didn't want to resign unless I was going to be working there as a uh, an employee, one for all of the benefits, but also I knew wrestling and I know wrestling in a way that a lot of people don't because of the trainers that I've had and the coaches, the, the, the time span. I mean, I've been wrestling for 25 years and I had the best people the whole time. I didn't come up on the indie scene, which is no disrespect to the indie scene because I scout and watch the indie scenes more than I do mainstream wrestling. But uh, we had that conversation and he said, well, you know, write it up. What do you want to do? And I was like, man, I want to do educational programming. I want to do community involvement. I want to be on the writing staff. I want to, you know, be an agent. I, <laughs> he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? <laughs> he said, that, that's like five jobs. I said, but I've been doing all of this already for free. Like nobody paid me. I, I did it at least the last 12 years. I had to brag on myself for the first time in my career. And I, I never did that before. I never said, man, like I had to lie to get Daniel Bryan here. I brought in Braun Strowman. Well, we got, we'll unpack that for sure. Wait, you, what, what is the situation with Bryan? Roll that back. I saw Daniel Bryan at an indie show in Canada. And I was like, damn, that dude's good. And, you know, I could tell that he was carrying the guy that he was working with. He made his ass look good. So then I went back and I found him on social media and I reached out to him and I said, hey, man, uh, I saw your match against so-and-so, Charlie. And he was like, oh, man, thanks. It wasn't one of my best ones. And I was like, it was pretty good to me. <laughs> I was like, I want you to, to come to a... Um, to a camp. And uh, he was like, yeah, for who? Cause I didn't introduce myself. And I said, um, I want you to come to a camp down in, in, uh, in Tampa. And he's like, Oh, for uh, WWE. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, man, I'm Mark Henry. He said, no, you're not. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I got his information and I passed it on to Johnny Ace. 
And um, Johnny, oh, how, how big is he? And I was like, oh, he, he like six feet, six one, about 200 pounds. Big, big guy. I just lied through my teeth because I knew that they wanted bigger guys. And um, he said, well, well, we'll bring him in. And I once I transferred the information, boom, they started doing all of the scouting. I, I, I never touched him again. I never said nothing until he ended up in FCW. And uh, here we are, you know, Hall of Fame guy. I brought in Rich Swan and, and, and Uha, Apollo Cruz. And I just started, like, it was it was a bunch of guys. I, I was mentoring uh, Baron Corbin. I was I, I saw Braun Strowman at a strongman show, and I was like, man, your personality is wrestling. You you got to quit doing strongman. He was like, I want to be champion. Be champ somewhere else, dude. The most money I ever made lifting was under 100 grand in a year, and I was the best in the world, bro. I was like, you need to, you need to come over to wrestling. And uh, it took him two and a half years, but he finally called me back and said, hey, man, you think you can still get me into wrestling? I said, hell yeah. I was like, I called Vince. I said, hey, remember that monster I was telling you about? And he was like, yeah. He was like, he ready. Send him on. And I've I, I just been doing that. I don't work in talent relations. I don't work in the whole recruiting process. I didn't get paid for none of that. I did it because I wanted to. And I love Canyon Seaman. Canyon did a really good job. You know, he took me to the Olympics with him. He took me to the World's Strongest Man contest. We scouted at the um, at the um, I'm, this is not, I don't know, a senior moment at the Arnold Classic. <laughs> senior moment. Uh, like all of these places that we went to scout high level talent, and I would support him. If he called me tomorrow and said, hey, man, I need a hookup. I know he works for the WWE. He's still my brother. I'm, I'm going to help. Okay, so you have that conversation with Vince, and then things just aren't going the way that you want them to go with him. It's just not going. I, I wrote it up. He told me, you know, to talk to Brad Blum, and I, I spoke to Brad, and I had to come to Jesus with him. I was like, look, man, like, I, I'm not going to sign a loan out agreement using my name and I'm I'm not working here. I got to get a job, man. I got kids. They came back and, and uh, Johnny had took a uh, Carano got released and Johnny took the over talent relations again. And Johnny called me and I wasn't expecting Johnny to call me. I was expecting Brad Blum or Vince to call me and say, Hey, uh, we, we still doing cuts and we still or whatever. It's something to that effect. And I, I pretty much had made up my mind from when Johnny called me that that was them telling me no, and that's the way it was going to be. It wasn't going to get better from that point. So I, I called um, Tony, and uh, because I've been friends with Tony for a long time before AEW was even born. Tony's a big wrestling fan. So we would talk wrestling for a while, and then we would talk football. And... So we talk football more than anything, but I, I finally got to the point to where if I was ever going to do something at an executive role or if I was going to be an employee of a wrestling company, I was going to have to leave home. I was going to have to leave WWE, and I considered that to be home for 25 years. And, you know, a home is not where you are, it's, it's, it's who's there. You know, so now I had to leave and, you know, I'm, I'm establishing a new home. 
How was it coming to terms with that? Like convert, like, I mean, I'm sure you and show must have talked about that a ton. Uh, talk about him making his leap over to AEW. I mean, even conversations amongst your family, like how were those conversations from, for you to like mentally get to that point that you were ready to jump ship? I had been loyal because I had other, I had uh, companies offer me more money in the early middle 2000s. I never went and Vince knew I didn't go and we talked and I, and Vince knew my loyalty. There was troubles that I never talked about because it wasn't pertinent to talk about it. And I had got over whatever troubles that there were, but I came to grips with it pretty easily because I knew I did all the right things. I never disrespected him. I never disrespected the business. Like nobody can say anything bad about Mark. Never. I, I did it right. And me leaving means that I'm going to have to reestablish a new legacy. And I was wrong because my wife brought up the fact she's like, you're wrestling is wrestling, regardless of where you are. Like, you know, if you leave, then you just take everything you know and learned and you go and you share it with those kids. And I was like, well, I was like, if you're comfortable with it, I'm comfortable with it. And we made the move. What exactly is your role within AEW going to be? Uh, I'm going to be doing educational programming. I'm going to be doing community involvement. I want the the city of Jacksonville to love this company like they love the football team. That don't exist here. I'm going to coach. Um, I guess coaching is uh, explaining psychology. And, you know, we use a term on Busted Open called tightening the screws. AEW is not broken. Like, <laughs> they're, they're good. They got people already that live and die for them. But there are little problems that, that come up with fine-tuning. And even master guitarists and master pianists, they they have to tune their equipment every now and then. And and that's, that's a job that I have here. I, I want to uh, be a mentor and lead by example. I told Vince, I was like, man, I hope you don't have any ill will or negative feeling. He said, Mark, he said, I know you're going to be great at whatever you do. He's like, you approach things from a point of not wanting to fail as opposed to wanting to have success. And those people always do good. I just can't, I just can't do it right now. And I said, well, I mean, I appreciate you being honest with me because if I was to sit around and wait, I don't think that nobody beneath you is going to call me and tell me straight up what it is. Because uh, I think some people are, are, are fearful that I'm going to be better at their jobs than they are, which I probably would. And I, and I, I don't doubt for one second that I am. So um, I want to I want the wrestlers around to I'm I'm not to understand I'm not going to come from a place of you're going to do it you're going to do it my way and I'm not that guy you know who I am my my point of contention is there are guys that are over they they like your husband I'm not going to tell him what to do if he has a question for me I'm going to answer it and give him my my opinion and I'm going to give him an example of how it will work because that's what my experience has done. It's given me a broader world of where to go and how to get there. That's what I want to teach all these guys. And it comes from studying. 
So there's going to have to there's a there's going to be a new culture added to what they already have of young people watching 1950s, 1960s, 70s, 80s, 90s wrestling till you're sick of it and then watch it again. And you'll find things that fit you. Everybody knows how to wrestle, but when and where you do stuff is what makes you great. And they've only been around for less than two years. How do you expect them to know everything? Oral Sessions is proud to be presented by FanDuel. You guys never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Uh, Why do I play FanDuel? I play FanDuel because I'm new to the fantasy game. I kind of need somebody to hold my hand through the whole process. And the thing with the FanDuel Fantasy app is that it's so incredibly easy to use. Even a dum-dum like me can make it work. And if you happen to be a fence sitter like yours truly, you guys can pick a new team every single game. You can switch it up. You can change your mind. It's all up to you. Ball is in your court. So FanDuel is offering new users a deposit match of up to 500 smackaroos when you make your first deposit. Just go to FanDuel.com slash cowherd for more info. FanDuel.com slash cowherd. FanDuel, more ways to win. What are some of the screws that you believe need to be tightened? We got we to gotta work on the social media uh, aspect, uh, what's going out, what's being portrayed that you really want to be set, you know, an example of people seeing it. As you know, AEW is more brash and it's got a, a, a more of an adult feel to it at times. Uh, you get people putting the birds out and all kind of stuff. But at the same time, you got to counterbalance that. And you got to do stuff in the communities where you do live events and in this community where, you know, we're giving back to the city. We're trying to help, you know, be an example rather than a problem. Wrestling-wise, I want to see less, like I want everybody to watch the matches before them. Because there's a repetition thing, you know, somebody will do a tope and then the next match will have two topes and then the next match will have three topes. Stop trying to outdo what you saw before. Find something else to do rather than that. Repetition is the thing that I, that's kind of a pet peeve of mine. And I feel like you're not watching a product if you go out and do something and somebody else just did the same thing. Yeah, I guess it comes down to like working as a team, too, and not just like trying to get your own shit in. It's, you know, yeah, making the product better as a whole instead of competing against each other and going against the grain. And I love the Bucks doing super kicks. (laughs) Why are there three matches on the card where somebody does a super kick before them? Right. If that was me, I would be upset about it. (laughs) Nobody else gets the world's strongest slam. All right. Yeah, like, come on, guys. Like, cut it out. Get out of here. Okay, the commentary gig. How have you been, like, preparing for this? How do you see that going? How do you want it to go? I've been watching wrestling, and I've been talking over the commentators, saying what I would say. Okay. And and put the emphasis on what I would put the emphasis on. And I, I asked a question to the person, why, why do you think that that is? And then I'll tell you. 
and not leave it up into that person and, and interpretation. Like the reason he did that is because he scouted him out. He saw what he did last week. Like you, you have to like process that stuff pretty quickly. But like I've always had fun uh, doing commentary. I used to sit with Booker T. And we would do commentary in the back, and we were way better than what was going on on TV because we were clowning. Uh, there's going to be an element of fun and clowning with me being out there. Yeah, and that's something that I think is missed so much. You know, that was something that I always wanted to do more of when I was doing commentary on Raw and not really having space for that because – everything needs to be so serious and you're not trying to get yourself over or whatever. I always found that to be a little bit difficult and it sucked the fun out of what could have been a lot of fun. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Renee, somebody does something deplorable. I'm like, what would his mama think about that? (laughs) Like, we're going to have some fun. Perfect. I love that. I can't wait to like just dig into that with you. I think it's going to be really, really fun. It's going to be a great spot for you 100%. I'm gonna have to call you for some pointers. Don't ask me. I'll I'll give. I'll we'll just loop somebody else in on the call. I don't know. I'm, I won't be your girl for that. I'll, I'll champion you though, big time. Um, okay, so going back to you talked about you know all the people that you have been able to scout for WWE in the past. Um, I know that that's something that you're so great at is finding amazing talent. And you mentioned Braun Strowman being one of those guys. What is your reaction to him being released by WWE? I wouldn't have let him go. Uh, but you know what? If if he wasn't happy and he asked them, like, for more grace and more time or more money or something and they didn't want to pay it, then, you know, you got you to part ways. But I, I don't know what the circumstances were with their relationship. You know, with me, I knew what that was. With him, I, I don't know. But if I was to, you know, speculate, um, there was an opportunity with him and Brock uh, three years ago, and it never came. And, you know, during the pandemic, he had a little shine, but it was not like um, if he was to be in that, in that role now. And I don't know if it's going his direction, you know, so maybe he was the one that was disenchanted. I don't know. Uh, I'd love to ask him. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to send him, send you his phone number, and then you can call him and say, "Hey, man, I want you on oral sessions. Tell me what happened." I've already slid into his DMs. I'm like, "Listen, we got to have a little chit chat at some point." So hopefully, uh, we'll get him on the show and get down to the the bottom I'll get of what you his happened agent's here. Information Great. too, like, I, <laughs> you know, I have everybody's phone numbers and and information. Of course you do. I've I, I've honestly never seen somebody more well connected. Than you are. You cannot walk anywhere with Mark Henry without him popping into somebody that he knows. Like, you know, everybody. And it's not just the talents. Like, I respect the the people that put the arena together. Yeah. I respect you, know, you walk in. I know everybody in the production office. You walk in and you, you, you talk to the caterers and the makeup and, you know, you just respect people. Just just be just be a person. Don't. Don't set limits to who you're going to talk to because of people's clout or positioning. You're the you're the guy that's always like sitting somewhere in a road case, just having conversations with people like that's how I picture you backstage at a show. You're always available for those conversations. Like, I feel like you're always cornered having conversations with people and people picking your brain. I sat in the airport 
on the way here yesterday and uh, with Fuego and just tell him. And he was like, oh, my God, man, if, if you can get them to do that, he said, I love you forever. <laughs> I said, you got to get them to do that. I was like, you want advice? You come talk to me. I'll give you all the information I can give you, and I'll give you my opinion. But you're going to have to work on that with the office. You're going to have to work on that with the producers. And uh, he was like, yeah, well, I said, but don't go ask until you got all your ducks in a row. Because if you go in there half-assed, then they're going to say no. And then when you try to bring it up down the road, they're still going to think that, it's not ready to take it out of the oven, you know. Let it cook in that oven. I'm all about that right now. <laughs> um, okay. Why are you wearing a Yankees uh, shirt? Because it's one of the only things that will still fit me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this shirt the Blue is Jays huge. Blue Jays would be mad as hell if so they saw you. I actually do have a Blue Jay shirt that is also gigantic that I can still wear, but I've worn it on here before kind of recently. So I had to give it a little buffer. But honestly, none of my shirts cover my belly at this point. It's insane. Wow, so this shirt's long enough. Like crop tops. Oh, I, I look like a, a mechanic. Like I, I look like I've got like a plumber's crack, like my guts hanging out. It's like, it's a disaster on all ends. It's a mess. It's, it's all going to go back to normal. Well, let's talk about your body because what is happening over there with this bod? You ha- you've lost what? 80 pounds? All together from two years ago. Um, the most recent is about 85 pounds, but all together it's about 114. Good for you. I was 441 and uh, now I'm 330. Man. Okay. How did you do it? What's, what is the key to success and why? What is like the motivation behind getting this slim trim bod? I want to live longer. That's a nice reason. Because you don't walk around and see many 65, 70 year old, 400 pound people. It's a valid point. I decide, you know, as much as I love to cook and as much as I love to eat, I don't know if there's anybody that loves to eat as much as I do, unless you're on that show, 600 pound life. (laughs) (laughs) But I had to, I would eat a whole pizza. Like I would order a 16 inch pie and then I'd be like, what y'all want? (laughs) You know, now I order 16 ounce pie. I have two slices and it, it was the quantity of what I was eating. And I ate for comfort too. And I ate to, I ate when I was bored. I found myself sitting on the couch and I'd be watching TV and then I would wait for a commercial and I'll go to the kitchen and make a sandwich and I wasn't hungry. And I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I hungry? And that's when I started to have those conversations with myself and people, it wasn't a diet that somebody was like, Mark, I still eat fried chicken, fried fish and lasagna and garlic bread. I'll eat one piece of garlic bread and one serving of lasagna. I'm not going to eat half the damn pan and a whole loaf of bread. It's like I had to stop doing that. Like, I'm not a competitive athlete anymore. So when I said that to myself and I started, like, really putting the self-discipline in, it started working. It was falling off fast. I mean, like, really fast at first. And then now it's it's to a crawl because I haven't been training like I, I was. So now I'm going to start back training, hopefully in the next week. And 
I want to see if I can get down to 300 pounds. That's going to hurt. Me getting down to 300 pounds is going to be painful. How do you feel right now, though? You must feel amazing having lost that weight. Hold on a second. Let me see. <laughs> oh, yeah, I feel great. <laughs> Feeling good. I just like, because even like, I mean, my perspective is so skewed on that. But at the same time, now that, you know, even me putting on 40 pounds during pregnancy, I'm like, man, I like I can feel it in my feet. I feel it in my joints. And so many of like the women at the gym that I'm at, they're like, just wait until after you have the baby, you're going to be like prancing through here like a gazelle once you feel like you're like kind of back to, you know, normal. But yeah, you must you must just feel like like, is your energy level up? You must feel great. But you know what? I think the biggest thing that uh, that I've got as a benefit is my sugar and my blood pressure uh, leveled out. And I, I challenge pretty much anybody walking through here to have a better blood pressure than me. Like my, my blood pressure is normally like high 120s, um, low 130s, over 75. You know, like I got people that's like 200 pounds going, how in the hell is your blood pressure better than mine? <laughs> like, and it's just, uh, you know, the, the regulation. I ate a lot of sugar, too. You know, I'm like a, a gray line diabetic. So I have to like really not eat the sweets, which like I cook intentionally just so I can make desserts. <laughs> I'm putting peaches on the grill. Oh, my God. And then I'm taking them off, filleting the skin off. I'm cutting those smoked peaches up and I'm brown sugar and cinnamon and nutmeg and getting all gets butter and saute it up just so I can put it over ice cream. <laughs> I did. I did do a bourbon uh, smoked peach pie when I got my smoker and it oh. like rocked my world. Oh, my God. Yeah, you gotta smoke the peaches. People don't realize if you put them on the smoker, it adds another little bit more spice to it, and the sweetness just counterbalances it real good. Man, I, I, I we start talking cooking again. You know how I get. <laughs> this will turn into a whole different show. Oh my god! Welcome no, to Mark We're cooking today. <laughs> well, we'll tackle that show down the line at some point. I mean, damn, I'm down. I am 100% down. I was saying before uh, before we hopped on here and actually recording just that I'm not, I've not been cooking at all during pregnancy. So I'm actually looking forward to kind of like reconnecting with that, but on like a healthy way, because I feel like I'm excited to get my body, not even like aesthetically, but just to feel like myself again, to just like feel good and have healthy foods because I've just been eating the most random things during pregnancy. So I'm, I'm over it. My wife was the same way in both pregnancies with Jacob and Joe. I would cook and she would go, please stop. You're making me nauseous. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I don't want to smell. And I'm like, so what do you want me to do? You want me to just throw it out? It got to the point to where I stopped cooking because she just couldn't handle the smell of food cooking in the house. And um, we would pretty much go out almost all the meals. It was what she wanted uh, when she wanted to eat because, um, man. Changes minute by it, minute. Yeah. Like, no, I feel that. You said you told me that, you know, you start cooking something and then by the time you was finished, you didn't want it. Yep. I'm not interested at all. That's why I'm like, there's no point in me cooking anything. Cause yeah, by the time I'm done with it, I'm like, I don't even care. I don't want it. 
Just give me some like saltines and a jar of peanut butter and I'll call it a day. That's that's where I'm at. But it's all right. It's all good. It's all fine. Actually, hopefully by the time this airs, I will have a child and this will be a non-issue. That's what I'm banking on if I hold out until the 12th. You have to wait. <laughs> I have to wait until the 12th for your birthday. Got to wait until the 12th. <laughs> the next time you're watching basketball, I've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free. I'm talking about NBA in play. It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA in play turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcome of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you even more ways to win. FanDuel is the exclusive home for NBA in play. So the action's always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to because NBA InPlay is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app to start playing NBA InPlay today. You're a sports fan. That's why you're listening, of course. But if you're considering getting in on the fun of sports gambling, I want to let you know about a great resource. The Action Network. The Action Network is where fans go when they are ready to bet smarter and turn a profit betting on sports. In fact, their free Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And with the Action app, you can see the latest picks and articles from Action Network gambling experts, as well as personalities like my guy, Colin Cowherd. You can compare odds from different sports books, and you can track every bet you make so you always know how your picks are doing. So if the game means more to you, Download the free Action Network app and start betting smarter. Um, okay, so, so just a few more wrestling things. Um, what is your take on everything that's happening in WWE right now with all of the releases? I mean, we talked about Braun Strowman, but even beyond that, I mean, just from within the roster, within the company, the CEO, EVP roles, everything that's happening there. What do you like from the well, I guess I guess from the outside at this point. But what is your perspective on that? I'm kind of shocked at everything that's happening because when I look at the product, I think that some people might be disappointed, like talent wise, like, you know, morale has got to be down. Yeah. But it looks to me like the WWE is breaking everything up and, you know, closing some doors to get everything to be kind of normal for a change. And usually when people break everything up like that and start moving and closing departments is so they can sell it. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't own it, you know, so it's going to be something to look at because, you know, you see what happened with Peacock and they had a network and they, um, they went to Peacock and now that's somebody else's responsibility. And they're taking all of the, expenditures out and making it more of a pretty package to buy and do whatever you want to with it. And what do you think about bringing in people? I mean, I obviously you're alluding to Nick Khan there, but um, aside from even that, having other people that have a different perspective, that's not just pro wrestling, is that good or bad for WWE? I think it's good from the sense that, you know, you might see a talent go, 
wow, we could use them in this TV show or we could use them in a movie or whatever, but it's going to be who they want to do it, uh, not because you have talent and or, or a certain talent for something. It's more geared towards making it comfortable for what's next rather than what is. As far as all the people that are not wrestling people, leave the wrestling to the wrestling people and the executives in those uh, suits that have come in. Uh, let them handle the business of wrestling. Yeah, and you know, I think it's it's interesting. I mean, seeing all these heavy hitters joining WWE and, you know, it seems like it could be a great thing, but wrestling really has always been its own thing. And either you get it or you don't get it. And maybe this is going to be bridging that gap or maybe this is a thing that makes WWE or, or wrestling in general just no longer the like black sheep of entertainment is putting these things together. Maybe. I don't know. I would like to think that that's, that would be the case, but uh, history haven't proved that. So I'm going to have to see it when it happens. <laughs> 100%. I just, I feel so, I feel for the talent that is there to, I mean, it sucks to see your friends leaving and people getting released. And especially when it's people that we all know are very talented people that bring a lot to the table and they've just kind of slipped between the cracks or not been given the attention or nurturing that maybe they needed in those given roles, there's nothing worse than going to work feeling like you're on eggshells. That does not lead to good performances. It don't. And it's, it's, like I said, it's bad for morale. You feel like pressed. Like if I don't go out here and do super fantastic, I might be next. Yeah. You know, it's not a great film. It's scary. I mean, I keep saying John and I were having a conversation the other day. I'm like, man, we got out at the perfect time, you know, for us. To, I mean, John left what a year, year and a half or so prior to me leaving. I've left eight months ago, something like that. But to just like, I don't know, it's like we we saw our own sort of future in the tea leaves about what we wanted to do just with our careers in general. And we're able to kind of pick and choose our own moments. But yeah, I couldn't imagine being there now and just being like, what is happening? Like your head would be spinning. It's it sucks. I feel so bad for everybody there, but um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens over time. And hey, you're good. You've moved on to AEW. Hell yeah. I'm so pumped for you. Did you bring the salmon suit? It's in the WWE archive. <laughs> of course it is. I mean, if I, if I want it back, I'll get it back. But I think <laughs> that the, the memory of that was there and I don't have no problem with it. Like, yeah. You know, that was for the fans. Uh, they'll be able to see it, and uh, I'm I'm coming over here fresh and starting new. And uh, I got a lot of compliments on my blue blazer that uh, that I came out with last week. Now you got a good suit game. Did you have to go buy a bunch of new suits? I mean, you must have since you've you've lost the 80 pounds recently, the 114 altogether. I have jackets and suits that I can wrap all the way around to I touch under my armpits. I was told recently, you should get rid of all of these suits because it's going to cost you more to alter them than it did for you to buy them. And I was like, come on, man, you can fix this. <laughs> and the, the guy that does the alterations, he's like, Man, it's going to take me the time that I will make a, a brand new suit to fix this. You know those hot takes you post on social media? Well, now you can win up to five 
$1,000 when you put those takes to the test on FanDuel. It's a new game called Over Under, and it's absolutely free to play on FanDuel. So here's how it works. FanDuel will set lines on things like total points or three-pointers made during every NBA on TNT broadcast. All you have to do is pick over or under for every prop. Your picks could win you a share of $5,000 during every contest. FanDuel is the exclusive home for over-under, and it's available in all 50 states. You can play from anywhere. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash over-under and sign up now. If you've not done so already, please just do it. You're going to love it. Just create a new FanDuel account. If you don't already have one, it takes less than two minutes to sign up. Then you put your takes to the test during every NBA on TNT broadcast at FanDuel.com slash over-under. They could be worth up to 5,000 bucks. Do it. Age and location restrictions apply. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. Well, hopefully the next time that I can actually travel again and I can come out to a show with John, we'll be able to hang out. And we'll eat sensibly. Yeah, we'll be fine about it. We'll pick at things. We'll have a bite here or there. We don't need to deprive ourselves. We'll go to a small plate type establishment. Yeah, we'll do a little tapas. There you go. We'll do that. I'm down. All right. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for having me on, sweetheart. Thanks to Mark for hanging out with me. Really excited to see what the future is still holding for you. Uh, Things that you're going to be able to do and accomplish at AEW. Again, hell of a signing for them. Uh, You bring so much to the table. I can't wait to watch and listen and learn under the tree of one Mark Henry. The wisdom. Incredible. Um, All right, guys, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Renee Paquette. uh, And also follow at The Volume Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Check out my YouTube page. Just search Renee Paquette because we have all of the video to these interviews, all of these Zoom calls that we're doing. We're still on Zoom. That's what we do. I mean, at home, hold up, about to have a baby. All I can do is hop on a Zoom. It's all I have to offer at this point. But anyways, check them out because we've got all of the past interviews up there, or at least most of them. few we've held out on. Got to drop those. I've got the CM Punk video. I've got John Moxley video. I think there might be one more that I'm drawing a blank on. But anyways, we'll release all of those and you guys can check those all out on on my YouTube page. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with me. This has been another episode of Oral Sessions.